Welcome to Evangel Church. Our mission is to bring people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us at evangelchurch.com. All right, good morning, everyone. My name is Pastor Marshall. I'm the Family Life Pastor here at Evangel Church. It's my pleasure this morning to share God's word with you this morning. Thank you, Pastor Chris, for the opportunity to preach this morning. You know, when I'm, when I'm about to preach, I sit there like someone who's like has an electric charge, and I can't wait to get up here. So I'm excited for what God is going to do in his house this morning. I hope you've come expecting God to meet you. Amen? How many know the Holy Spirit doesn't show up just to make us feel good? He makes us feel good, but that's not why he shows up. That's a, that's a byproduct. He shows up to change us. He shows up to reveal Jesus to us. He shows us to empower us. He shows up to do a work in our life, a work that only he can do. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to pray this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to gather in your house this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that we have liberty in this house, Lord God. And Father, where your spirit is, there is liberty, Lord God. And so, Father, we pray this morning that you would speak, Lord God, not me. You would speak. You would speak your word to your people this morning. I pray you'd hide me behind your cross, Lord God, that I would not be seen, but you would be seen. I pray today, Lord, as your word goes forward, Lord God, that lives would be changed forever, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you would expose the lies of the enemy this morning and that you would bring liberty to your house, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that there would be freedom in every heart this morning. I pray, Lord God, as they've come in one way, they would leave today a different people, touched by your spirit. I pray, Lord God, that as your word goes forward, Lord God, that healing would happen in this house, Lord God, because your word brings healing, Lord God. I pray marriages would be restored today, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that your people would walk out a victorious people because they've clung to your word, knowing that you are more than able this morning to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could hope or imagine. Today, Lord God, we attach our faith to you, knowing that you alone, you alone are able to do all things well. We give you praise this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We as a church have been walking through the book of Nehemiah, and I want to give you a little background. I'm on, I'm on Nehemiah chapter 6 this morning, but I want to give us a little bit of background before we go into it. Nehemiah has heard of the condition of the wall that Israel has. The wall is destroyed. It's been broken down by fire. It's destroyed wall, and Nehemiah is, is destroyed by it. He laments. He weeps over it, and then he decides that he's going to do something about it. He feels called of God. He knows how God has called him. He knows the calling that's on Israel as well. So he goes and he begins to build the wall. But he finds out that the condition of the wall is just a symbol of the condition of the people. That the wall being broken down was because the people's hearts were broken down as well. The people were destroyed. The people were discouraged. And so Nehemiah is able to inspire them. He's able to lead them. He's able to speak life into them. And he begins to remind them of who they are, who God has called them to be. And he gets them up on their feet and they begin to build a wall. Well, the problem is, is they have enemies all around them. And the enemies were, were very comfortable leaving them alone while they were sitting by their broken wall. They didn't bother them. But the second the people of Israel got up and began to build the wall, the enemies began to attack them. They began to come and they began to gather together and say, we can't let them finish this wall. 
If they finish this wall, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Because the built wall is going to be a symbol of their built heart. Their spirits are going to be restored. And so their enemies begin to plot against them. They begin to work against them. They begin to attack them. It gets so bad that in chapter 3, the illustration is that they have to work a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other. That's how bad they're being attacked. One man works while one man fights. But they continue working. They continue building. Then Nehemiah is met with internal fighting. They begin to fight inside of each other. And he has to navigate that. He has to bring reconciliation. He has to begin to teach them how to work together and how to partner together. He manages through that. And then it comes up to chapter 6. And chapter 6 is a turning point chapter in the book of Nehemiah. In chapter 6, it starts out with the scripture saying that Nehemiah is almost done building the wall. He's right there. He's right there. It says that everything is done. There's no cracks in the wall. He's healed all the cracks, all the brokenness. And all that's left for him to do is to hang the doors. And now his enemies, they're bugging out. They're bugging out. They begin to plot, we have to stop him. We have to stop him before they truly finish this wall. And so what they begin to do is they begin to plot. They want to lure Nehemiah off the wall so they can harm him. That's what the scripture says. They want to harm him. They want to kill him. So they begin to send messengers. And the first messenger, it's shady, church. Oh, we just want to talk with you. We just want to compromise with you. We just want to see if we can work together. But Nehemiah, because he's a man of God and he can discern, says, I don't have time to come off the wall. I'm doing a good thing. I don't have time to come down and talk with you. So they send one messenger, they send a second messenger, they send a third messenger, they send a fourth messenger. His, and the, his response is the same every time. Every time. I don't have time to stop the good thing I'm doing to deal with you. I don't have time. I'm doing the God thing. Finally, you would think that they would get tired. Four messages in, he won't come down. They send a fifth one. The fifth one comes with an open letter, and I want you to catch that. Comes with an open letter filled with accusations. Nehemiah, we know that you're building this wall just because you want to be king. You want to exalt yourself. You want to rule over these people. And they come with an open letter as an act of intimidation. It's filled with lies. And at the end of it, it says, because we know this is what's really in your heart, we're going to tell the king. So it's lies, it's intimidation, and at the end of it is a threat. You would think that at some point Nehemiah would go, I better go deal with these people. Nehemiah's response doesn't change. Nehemiah says, you've made this up in your own heart. You've made this up in your own heart, and I have to finish what I've been called to do. You've sent these messages to frighten me, to scare me, but I'm not scared. You've tried to frighten me so that I'd weaken my hands. You'd weaken my hands. So now I pray God strengthen my hands. He took it right out of their mouth. You want to send these lies to weaken my hands. Now I pray God strengthen my hands. And he continues building the wall. Then they go further. 
they hired the prophets to give him a false word. Oh, Nehemiah, they're trying to harm us too. Come hide with us in the temple. Trying to set him up. And Nehemiah, because he's discerning, says, you're a man of God. You're supposed to know that the law says that you can't hide in the temple. If you're truly a man of God, you would never ask me to do something against the word of God. So he doesn't bite. He says, again, you're trying to scare me, and I'm not afraid. He continues the work. And then he goes on. The scripture says that the wall is finished in 52 days. He's done. And let me tell you something. No human being could rebuild that wall in 52 days. It's impossible. They're being attacked from every angle. They're building with one hand and fighting with another. It is a pure act of God. A pure act of God. And in chapter 6, verse 16, it says, And it happened, this is Nehemiah speaking, when all our enemies heard of it, and all the nations around us saw these things, that means the wall being finished, that they were very disheartened in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was done by our God. So all the messengers that they sent to discourage, to defeat, to dishearten Nehemiah, at the end, who's discouraged? Who's defeated and who's disheartened? The enemy that came against the man of God. It's a powerful story, church. It's a powerful story. They looked and said, nobody could have done this but God. Every heathen that was there, nobody could have done this but God. And we look at this story and we rejoice over it. It's a great story. But I need you to understand something. The Old Testament is not meant for us to just say it's a great story. It is a great story. Nehemiah was a great man. But everything in the Old Testament was for us to look at, for us to discern, for us to live and pull out principles from, because the Word of God is practical. And so we're to look at the stories in the Old Testament and pick out from them, what is God saying to me now, 2015, that I learned there from the story of Nehemiah, amen? And I need you to understand that the same way Nehemiah had an enemy, you, child of God, you have an enemy. I want to tell you, I would love to tell you that when you gave your life to Jesus, man, it's all roses from this point forward. You're going to eat ice cream every day, and you're just going to dance your way into heaven. That's a lie. That's a pure lie. The day you got saved, you had a glorious experience with God. Amen? You were marked by the kingdom of heaven as a child of the most high God. You were also marked by the kingdom of hell as the child of the most high God. The same way you were marked by heaven, hell made notice of you. They said, now they've decided to serve the Lord. And the same way Nehemiah's enemy's plans were to destroy him, to harm him, your enemy, your adversary, the devil, in the book of John makes it clear, he has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's his plan too. What does he come to steal and kill and destroy? You, your future your hope, your dreams, your joy, your peace. The list goes on and on and on and on. Your marriages, your children. Your enemy has set a plan, and that is to destroy you. 
And you, child of God, have to begin to recognize that your enemy's real. He's not a fictitious character that we just talk about. He is real. He is present. And the same way the enemies of Nehemiah didn't come straight at him, your enemy doesn't come straight at you. If they came straight at Nehemiah, he'd see them. He'd call it out. They come from the side and from the side and from the side. And your enemy comes the same way. He comes from the side, from the side, because the Bible's clear that he's crafty and he's shrewd. So he doesn't come directly at the people of God. He comes from the other angles. And he attacks the people of God. He attacks you. And what I want to tell you today is that you can become to be a wise, wise warrior to understand the plans and the plots of the enemy against you. And you, child of God, have to recognize that for every single one of you, he has a tool that he uses. He knows you. He knows the tool that works with you. Not every tool works for the same person. For some of you, the tool is discouragement. For some of you, the tool is fear. For some of you, the tool is defeat. For some of you, the tool is your children. And you might look at me and say, well, Pastor, you know, you're talking about a physical wall that was built. I don't live by a physical wall. Maybe not. And maybe you don't have a physical wall that's broken down. But in this room today, there are broken marriages. In this room today, there are parents whose hearts are broken over their children. In this room today, there are people who have been robbed of their joy for so long. For so long. In this room today, there are Christians who don't sleep at night. Can we just, can I just be real this morning? Is that all right? In this room today, there are Christians that don't sleep at night. There are Christians in this room that battle depression, that battle worry, battle anxiousness. There are people in this room today that are up all night worrying about what we're going to do. And what I want to tell you today is that is all the messengers of Satan. The same way the messengers came to Nehemiah, one right after the other, the messengers today are no different. They come exactly the same way, one right after the other, one right after the other. And they're called lies. Satan is a liar. And let me tell you, a lie never tells the truth. It's not like one day he forgets that he's a liar and tells you the truth. He's a liar all the time. And he comes at you. And the lies sound like this. You're not going to make it. It's not going to work out. You're going to get fired. Your marriage isn't going to make it. Your kids are never going to come back to the Lord. He's never going to do the right thing. You're not going to be able to pay your mortgage. You're sick in body. You're never going to get better. Things aren't going to work out. Anyone hear these lies before in your life? You're alone. Nobody cares about you. God doesn't care about you. Why hasn't God answered if he cares about you? Why has, has God hasn't stepped in if he cares about you? And they come one right after the other. Lie after lie after lie. And we have to learn from the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah literally said, I don't have time for your lies. I don't have time for your lies. I am busy doing this. And child of God, listen, if you want to sit by the wall of the broken pieces of your life and sit there and lament, Satan will leave you alone because you're already defeated. 
How many realize, though, that the second you get up to try to do a thing for God, the second you try and become the person God has called you to be, all of hell seems to come at you. You know why? Because all of hell has come at you. That's the reason. That's the reason. The second you begin to step up and say, I'm going to be the man of God that God has called me to be. I'm going to be the woman of God. I'm not going to walk around broken anymore. I want victory in my life. All of hell comes at you. Because you have to recognize something. Satan's biggest fear, his biggest fear, is that the church of Jesus Christ would actually get their act together. That's his fear. If the church becomes what she's supposed to be, she's a force to be reckoned with, man. As long as we're defeated, as long as we're frightened, as long as we're downcast, let them be. Let them weep by the wall all day. The second we wipe our tears and grab a hammer, now he's ready to fight. He's not going to give it up for free. But I want to tell you something, child of God. If you will learn to recognize that this is not the abundant life he picked for me. And I want it. I want to walk in what God has for me. I want to walk in victory. I want to walk in victory. I don't want to be defeated anymore. I want to walk in victory. I want to see my family prosper. I want to see my children prosper. I want to see my marriage prosper. I want to see my business prosper. I want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to walk in the anointing of God. The second you begin to step into those things, the enemy will come with his lies. And you have to learn to rebuke them. You need to learn to push them away and allow God to do a work in your life. You know, it's funny. Nehemiah says again and again, you've sent these lies to frighten me. And the reason I'm going to stop on fear for a minute is because that's probably one of Satan's biggest tools, to frighten us, to scare us. Because you know what happens when you're scared? You know what you do? Nothing. Nothing. You're scared. So you sit paralyzed because you're scared. You're scared. And fear is contagious. Get a group of mamas together, and their children just went out in a car somewhere. Get one of them to say, I don't, I don't know if that was a good idea. I don't know, like, get one of them say it. One of them. Why? Why do you think that? Well, I don't know, you know. They look kind of tired. Should we have given them the car? I don't know, it's raining outside. By the time they're done, you got six mamas on the phone. Where are you? Where are you? Uh-huh. What are you guys doing? What happened? The other five weren't afraid. But the second one started talking fear, all of them got afraid. Fear is contagious. Fear is contagious. And fear paralyzes us. Paralyzes us. And look, if you can look at the world today, there's plenty of reasons in the natural to be afraid. Evil has come to an all-time high. It has. I can't even finish most of the articles that they bring out about ISIS. I can't finish them. I can't finish them. Because evil's at a new time high. Things are going wrong. There are rumors of wars every day. Every day. I want to sit and watch cartoons. I don't want to watch the news. Because it's overwhelming at moments. You're like, oh, Lord. Every day you're like, is today the day, God? And we can be afraid. We can be afraid, but I have to recognize something, that fear is not of God. Fear, let me say it again, fear is not of God. We're not meant to be afraid of anything. 
And I can look at these lies and I can look at the things around me or I can look at his word and say, it doesn't matter what the news says. It doesn't matter who's going to blow up whom. The Bible is clear that the gates of hell will never prevail against his church. That no matter what happens, the righteous will be taken care of. That's what the word says. The scripture is clear. I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. Either the word is true or it's not true. Either I allow all these things to shake me and to make me afraid and paralyze me, or I recognize no weapon formed against me will ever prosper, and every tongue that rises against me will be silenced. Either it's true or it's not, church. It's got to be that black and white to you. And so either I'm going to allow the enemy to trap me with his lies in fear, or I'm going to step forward in faith. Because the opposite of fear is faith. That's the opposite of it. And fear and faith are pretty interesting because they grow the same way. They grow the same way. Fear grows by entertaining the lies of the enemy, giving them room in your life. And every time you receive a lie from the enemy, and every time you meditate on it, and every time you give it place in your life, it grows deeper. It grows deeper. And after a while, you don't know it's a lie. You think it's what you believe. And it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. You meditate on the lies of the enemy. There it is. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Faith grows by hearing the word of God, growing in the word of God, allowing the word of God to take root in my life, fill my life. And my faith grows. And I live by a motto. I would rather do something in faith than nothing in fear. I would rather do something in faith than nothing in fear. And you, child of God, have to come to a place where you say, I am tired of being robbed. I am tired of being robbed. I want the walls of my life to be restored. I want to walk in everything God has for me. Everything. We can look at things in our life and allow them to overwhelm them. We can listen to the lies of the enemy that come in one after the other after the other. You know, the reason they brought an open letter was they were trying to humiliate him. And how many times does the enemy come with an open letter, an accusation? Why would God do anything for you? You don't pray. You don't read your word. But see, the thing is this, if I'm his child, I'm his child. I'm his child. Every parent in the room has punished their child, yes? And in that moment when you're punishing them, if they say, I want a sandwich, you make them a sandwich. I've watched you. I've watched you guys. I'm like, they just blew up the house. Yeah, but they're hungry. Because your parent, how about your father who's good father. The Bible says you who are evil know how to give good gifts. How much more your father? When the enemy comes in with those lies, you have to take that lie from his mouth and flip it around. How does that work? It's very simple. Nehemiah did it. You've sent me these lies to weaken my hands. Now God strengthen my hands. He comes your way and says your child's never going to serve the Lord. I thank you, father, that that boy is going to preach the gospel. That's how it works, church. He comes in and says, your marriage is going to fail. 
I thank you that you're the God of reconciliation and you're going to bring peace into my home. You take the lie right out of his mouth. I'm alone? You're calling me alone? No, I'm not alone. My father walks with me everywhere that I go. Nobody cares about you? Not true. Jesus died for me. Jesus died for me. You take the lie right out of his mouth. Dare him to speak to you again. Every time you speak to me, I'm going to take it out of your mouth and I'm going to flip it on you. I'm going to flip it on you. I'm not going to give you room to speak into my life anymore. The only thing that's going to speak into my life is your word. The only thing I'm going to hold on to is your word. And let me tell you something. You have to decide today, either it's 100% his word or nothing. That's the truth. You can't pick and choose at it. Either it's all true or we throw the whole thing out. Either God is who he says he is or he's not. And if you choose to believe his word, then you stand on it. And the scripture's clear. Having all done to stand, you keep standing. You don't shrink. You don't move. You don't tremble. You know why? Your father doesn't tremble. Your father doesn't tremble. He has your back. When you stand on his word, he has your back. When I was a youth pastor before coming here, I used to take my youth group. We had about... 80 kids, and we'd go to the park. Imagine one person taking 80 kids to a park, but that's what I did. So we'd go to the park, and we're hanging out in Bayonne Park, and I could keep an eye on where all my kids were. And at one point, I saw three of my younger girls all the way by the bay, standing right on the side. I was like, okay, I can see them. And then I saw four huge guys start walking towards them. And I saw the girls shrinking back. They were afraid. So I'm really far from them. So I take off. And I am running full speed ahead, not thinking, what are you going to do with four guys? I wasn't really thinking. I was just running. I had to get there. Well, unbeknownst to me, I run past all my boys who are playing soccer. So there's 40 boys playing soccer. So I run. They see me running. So they start running. So now I'm ahead. 40 boys are running with me. And I'm yelling to these boys, hey, get away from them. Well, the boys turn around. I think they see me. They see this massive army behind me. They see 40 guys behind me. They take off. I'm like, wow, I scared them. And then I turn. I'm like, oh, I didn't scare them. I didn't scare them. Can I tell you something? When you stand for the Lord, the enemy doesn't see you. He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus, and he takes off. See, he knows he's defeated. He's just going to be annoying until we're done with him. And you have to stand that way, child of God. You have to stand strong, unmovable in the word of God. Stop giving room to the enemy and his lies in your life. Stop giving room to the enemy and his lies. Begin to speak truth. Begin to understand the word of God. Begin to act on it. He calls you healed, begin to speak the word of God over your body. Father, I thank you that by your stripes I'm healed. I'm not saying the pain's going to go away instantly. It might. But maybe you have to keep speaking the word of God. Maybe you have to keep speaking over your marriage. Maybe you have to keep speaking over your child. Maybe it doesn't come overnight. You persevere. You be tenacious. Having all done to stand, you stand. 
and you keep pushing forward, his word is true. You don't let it move you. You don't let it shake you. I want to, Team Mexico, you here? You guys see Team Mexico over there? So Team Mexico had a great trip, had a fantastic trip, and God really used them mightily on the ground. They had a, a skit that we do now. In Mexico, they love superheroes. They love superheroes. I mean, Batman, Spider-Man, I mean, they are in love with superheroes all over Mexico. And so we do this skit called the superhero skit. And the skit takes place where one of our team members is trapped by the devil. And each superhero comes to save them. So Superman comes and Spider-Man comes and Batman comes. And at the end, Jesus comes because he's the greatest superhero, amen? And children, you have to understand that when children are watching this, when I went last year, I had to protect Satan from the children because the children were kicking Satan. They're like, Theo! You know, so I had to protect Satan because the kids really get into the story. And so... This last year, they were doing this skit, and it's an open-air crusade. So there were hundreds of children watching. Every time they did this skit, there is a scene where Satan is defeated. And I want you to watch the whole thing because I want you to see that there is no wind the entire skit until Satan is defeated. In that moment, this wind comes. It almost knocks down the tents. It knocks down the speakers right off the stand. Church, it happened every time they did the skit. In that one point, and let me tell you, Guadalajara has no air. It is hot. There is no breeze in Mexico. But at this particular moment, every time the skit happens, in that moment, this wind comes. You can even hear one of the team members going, oh, it's that wind again. It's that wind again. You know why? Because they said, you want to blow Satan? You want to knock down our speakers? We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. Melinda True? Stephanie True? I want you to watch it with me. Go ahead.
Did you see the wind? Did you see the wind? Knocked the speakers right off every time they did the skin in that same moment. Every time. What is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to intimidate. He's trying to scare. You know what we keep doing? We keep pushing forward. They don't even catch a breath. They don't even break from it. They're like, oh, pick up the speaker, keep going. You trying to bother us again? Child of God, that's your authority. That's who you are. You're a child of the most high God. And you have to learn to stand that way. You have to learn to speak that way. You have to learn to walk that way. You can't give him room. I, I am convinced that this is the greatest hour for the body of Christ. I'm convinced. I believe that when evil rises up, the Lord sets a standard against it. And in that greatest moment, as the enemy is rising up, he's going to pour out a revival over his church. And he's going to call the church to be who she's supposed to be. And there's an awakening coming to the body of Christ. And that awakening has to be a people that rise up and stand in faith. We're not trembling from the lies of the enemy. We're standing in our authority as his children. And we're looking at the tools of the enemy saying, I don't have time for you. There are souls to be saved. There are lives to be changed. There, there are things that God wants to restore. And so I want to give you three things very quickly as we're ending today. First thing, stop fighting the wrong enemy. Stop fighting the wrong enemy. Hear me. Your spouse is not your enemy. Say amen. Amen. Your spouse is not your enemy. Stop fighting with them. Begin to get on your knees and fight the enemy who's trying to destroy you. Don't fight each other. Fight the enemy. Your child is not your enemy. Say amen. <laughs> your employer is not your enemy. Your coworkers are not your enemy. They're not your enemy. You have one enemy. Fight him. Fight him. I had a mom come to me and she said, you know, Pastor, my son has started taking drugs and he's out all night and I'm up all night waiting for him. When he comes home, we end up in this huge fight because I'm trying to figure out what he's doing. And I said to her, I said, you're fighting the wrong enemy. Don't fight him. Fight the enemy who's trying to take him. I said, go in his room every night. Pray in his room. Cry out to heaven in his room. Pray over his pillow. Say, every time, Lord, he lays his head on this pillow, convict him. Convict him. Awaken him, God. And she did that for six months. She lifted up her hands in his room while he was out partying, and she, began to, she did war with the enemy. She goes, he's my son, not yours. The Lord gave him to me. You cannot have him. The word, and she began to declare war on the enemy, left and right every day for six months. Well, one day she was sleeping, and her son woke her up. He said, Mom, you got to get up. Said, What's the matter? Because I need to talk to you. What's the matter? I, I can't go in that room. What do you mean you can't go in that room? Every time I go in that room, I start crying. Every time I go in that room, I like, I can't, I can't. Every time I lay down on the pillow, I just, I just begin to feel so convicted for my life. Because I'm ready to give my life back to Jesus. The war wasn't with the son. The war was with the enemy. Your broken marriage, your war is not with each other. Your war is with the enemy who's trying to destroy your life. Your finances, don't war with that. Speak the word over that. Speak the word over it, child of God. Stop fighting the wrong enemy. Second, stop believing the lies of the enemy. Stop believing the lies of the enemy. Catch his lies, throw it back at him. Catch his lies, throw it back at him. Stop receiving his lies. Call them for what they are. 
call him to his face, you're a liar. And I don't receive anything from you. You're a liar. You're a liar. And third, begin to operate and live in the word of God. Begin to operate and live in the word of God. That same church I told you about where I was a youth pastor, I didn't realize that when you work in a small church, that part of the job description was to drive the whole youth group home. I found that out pretty quickly that for eight years I drove all those kids home. It was a great time actually. And I was a volunteer pastor. I wasn't on staff. I wasn't being paid. And I had a secular job, but it wasn't a great secular job because I needed flexibility for the youth group. And so you're finishing driving home pounds of children, and I have no gas to get home. And I love the verse that says, never despise the days of small beginnings. Because I don't despise those stories. I love those stories. I learned how to live by faith in those stories. I learned how to walk with God in a different place. So we would finish dropping off all the kids. It's 3 in the morning. It's me, my two cousins, and my brother. We got to drive home now to New York when we're ministering in New Jersey. We get in the car. Church, it wasn't on E. It was on fumes. There was nothing left in the car. I could have put water in the car. That's how bad we were at. There was nothing left in the car. So how are we going to get home? I said, by faith, right? Extend our hands on the car and say, Father, I thank you that the scepter of the wicked does not rest on the land allotted to the righteous. You've called me to do this. You're going to empower me. You're going to take care of me. Eight years, church. My car never stopped. I never stalled. God got me home every single Friday night. You know why? He's faithful. He's faithful to his word. He's faithful to what he says. And if we as his children will embrace his truth and walk in it, live in it, speak it, don't speak your words. Speak his word. Our words are powerless. Our words can't change anything. As a matter of fact, our words normally make things much worse. Speak his word. Speak his word. Things start coming at you. Let the word of God shoot out of your mouth. But you know what? It has to get in you for it to come out. So you got to begin as a child of God to fill your heart with the word of God so you can begin to articulate and live in the word of God. If it's not there, it's not coming out. But if it's there, when you get a doctor's report, say, whose report do I believe? I believe the report of the Lord. I start getting things that are anti-God, no problem. I have the word to stand on. I have the word to stand on. I have one last story that the Lord just put in my heart before we turn this over to an altar time, that same youth group that I was in. I had one of my boys make it to West Point. It was a great opportunity for him to go. And West Point is really strict. You, there's no joking in a military school. Well, this particular young man was a joker. And he did a really silly joke, but I didn't really think it was a big deal. They thought it was a huge deal. And they expelled him. And I said, so what's the, what's the process now? What happens? He goes, well, I'm expelled, but I can fill out an appeal. I said, okay, what's the process? He goes, I have to go before three generals. He said, but the deal is this, once they've expelled you, really it's a formality, they're all gonna say no. He said, if the first one says no, the other two have to say no, that's, that's the rule. I said, okay, so go to the first one, the first one said no. I said, go to the second one, the second one said no. He goes, I'm gonna cancel the third one. I said, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. The Bible says that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. 
and he'll turn it any way that he wants, like living water. He said, what does that mean, Ms. Morgan? I said, it's simple. It means that God holds the heart of the king, and we're going to pray that God gives you favor. He said, but in all the history of West Point, the third general has never disagreed with the other two. I said, well, we serve a God that changes history, and we're going to believe God's word. I said, okay, so we prayed together. We prayed that verse very specific. God, turn the heart of this general towards favor towards this young man. And that's what we prayed all night. The next morning I got up, I prayed it again. I prayed it with him on the phone. He said, I'm going now. He walks in. The general goes, sit down, son. He sits down. He takes his hands and he leans over the chair and looks right in his face. He said, who are you? He said, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. He goes, who are you? He goes, I, I don't, you have my name. Like, he goes, no, no. He goes, I, he goes, I have never disagreed with the other two generals in all my years. I've been here 20 years. Listen to his words, church. He said, but all night, my heart was turning. All night, my heart was turning. And today, I'm going to give you a second chance. The only boy marked in history there. To all night, my heart was turning. I'm going to give you a second chance. You know what changed his heart? The Word of God. The Word of God. Spoken, breathed. That's what changed his heart. And church, we have power in the Word. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the Word of God. And today I need you to reckon with God and say, you know what? I refuse to be robbed any further. I refuse to walk defeated, discouraged, frightened, beaten down any further. I want to walk a victorious, more than conquering life from this point forward. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you close your eyes and lift your hands this morning? And let's make this a sacred time this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. We bless you, God. We give you praise this morning, Lord God. We give you honor this morning, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless you. Worthy are you this morning, Lord God. Worthy are you this morning, Lord God. Father, we thank you this morning that the enemy's defeated, God. We thank you, Lord God, that your word is clear, that you made a public spectacle of him, Lord God. And that you crushed his head with the heel of your foot, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you've granted your church victory, Lord. You've granted your people victory this morning, Lord God. And no weapon formed against them will ever prosper, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that the battle belongs to you, Jesus. And Father, we're grateful this morning that those that put their trust in you will never be put to shame, Lord God. We thank you, God, that your word is true this morning. Everything else is a lie, but your word remains true this morning, God. And Father, it's on your word alone that we stand this morning. And so, Father, we come this morning, Lord God, wanting you to meet us, Lord God. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place to move in the midst of your people this morning. We invite you, we beseech you this morning. We know that you're here 
but we're giving you authority this morning to move in our lives come have your way in us this morning come break the lies of the enemy over our life this morning father i pray today that you would break depression in this room right now in the name of jesus you would break fear this morning in the name of jesus you'd break discouragement this morning in the name of jesus you would break frustration this morning in the name of Jesus. Lift it from their shoulders this morning, God. Do a work in the midst of your people, God. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Do a work this morning, Lord God. Father, allow husbands and wives to no longer fight each other. Let them fight the enemy who's trying to destroy them this morning. Father, allow us this morning to recognize the thief, Lord God, who's come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And may we demand back from him everything that he took, God. Everything that he took. Father, your word is clear that when the thief is caught, he owes sevenfold, God. For those in this room that have been robbed joy and peace today, God, may there be an overwhelming sense of your joy like never before, Lord God. Father, for those, Lord God, that are struggling to sleep, Lord God, because they have no peace today, God, may they have the sweetest sleep of their life, Lord God. Pour over them this morning, Lord God. Have your way. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, have your way. Jesus, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah. Pastor Brian is gonna lead us in a song, but when he does, I'm gonna open up the altars and the altar's really simple today. If you've struggled with fear, discouragement, depression, all these lies, all the messengers that have been coming and you wanna be free this morning, I want you to come to the altar so we can pray for you. Come make room. You want your child to come back to the Lord? Come, this is the place to do it. Just start coming forward, even right now, church. As Pastor Brian leads us in this song, we're opening up the altars. Come and do business with God this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah, it's all right. It's all right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to know if anyone in this room is determined not to be robbed anymore. Yeah. I tell you what, church, it is the finest hour of the body of Christ. And it's time for the church to be what she's been called to be. Powerful, faithful, on fire. And today I want to just, I feel led of the Lord, so I'm going to say it. There are some of you in this room today that your walk with the Lord is a little dry. That's okay. You keep going after him. He will breathe breath on you. And whatever's dry and brittle and dead will begin to live by the power of his spirit. We don't just sing spirit of the living God. We believe spirit of the living God. And so we're going to pray today for all that God has done this morning. We're going to pray that he seals it. And I'm going to pray that you become wise wise watchmen that you see the messengers as they come and you say I don't have time for you 
I don't have time for you. I'm doing this thing for God. I don't have time for you to make my hands weak. God, strengthen my hands. Father, we give you praise this morning, Lord God. We thank you for who you are this morning. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the Lion of the tribe of Judah, God. You are a mighty God this morning. And Father, may you remind us this morning of who you are and who you've called us to be, God. I pray this morning that you would make us bold as lions, Lord God. That, Father, fear would be broken in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we would begin to stand the way you've called us to stand. We would begin to believe your word and all that it says. Father, we learn what it means to stand for healing, Lord God. We understand what it means to stand for deliverance, Lord God. What it means to stand for you to restore and bring reconciliation, God. We pray today, Lord God, for anyone in this body this morning, that their relationship with you is dry, Lord God. Father, would you blow your breath over it this morning? And would you cause it to live, Lord God? Would you cause there to be an awakening in their heart, Lord God? Father, we recognize that before you send corporate revival, you send individual revival, Lord God. So, Father, begin to revive your body, Lord God, person after person, Lord God. Begin to wake us up, not with anxiousness, not with fear, but with praise, with intercession, Lord God, with power, Lord God. May we begin to dream dreams and see visions, Lord God. May the gifts of your spirit be in operation in this house, Lord God. May the power of your spirit be present. And may, may the work of the cross be evident, Lord God. Come move in our midst this morning, Lord God. Come do a work in the lives that are reaching out for you, God. May they recognize the messengers of the enemy, one right after the other, even if it comes open-faced, God. May they not receive it into their heart. May they be discerning, Lord God, wise. And may their mouth be filled with your word this morning. That word that is sharp like a sword to snipe up all that the enemies brought. May we not turn our sword on the wrong person, God, but may we take our sword and look right at our adversary's face. Say, I'm a child of the Most High God. You must step back. You must step back. And Father, I pray, God, for those, Lord God, that have been praying for things for a long time, Lord God, and there's discouragement. May that discouragement be replaced this morning with hope restore hope in this house this morning lord god restore joy in this house this morning lord god restore peace in this house this morning lord god may we be the people you've called us to be and walk in the way you've called us to walk lord god we give you praise this morning lord god seal all this work by your spirit in jesus name and all god's people said Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.